Hello and hi, welcome to the Kane is Dead program. I am your host, Kane is Dead. I'm feeling a little under the weather, but that's okay because I'm still pushing on and pushing on some more. But anyway, let's get with this episode's beer plug that would be Lagunitas Brown Sugar. Limited edition or seasonal edition. I don't know, but it's some good shit. Should be a good motherfucking episode. We'll get back to you right after this. Hello and hi, like I stated before, this is the Kane is Dead program. I am your host, Kane is Dead, a.k.a. Kane, a.k.a. Joey, a.k.a. Joey CM, a.k.a. Joey C. Molina. No matter what the fuck you call me, because that is who the fuck I am. Things been different lately, you know, I'm not feeling too great. I don't know what the hell's going on. Um, I'm very congested. It's this bullshit weather, you know what I'm saying? This motherfucking weather is just, it's just hell. You know what I mean? It is just pure hell. You know, first it's hot, then it's cold, then it's hot, then it's cold. Now here in Arizona, when you're just used to roasting, you know, this cold bullshit ain't no fun, you know what I mean? But, you know, I'm still going to be recording this shit, and if it comes out sounding like shit, then it comes out sounding like shit, you know what I mean? But anyways. Uh, excuse me. But anyways. Fuck it, what's been up? Me? Apart from being sick, not a whole goddamn lot. And from what I'm seeing, there's not a whole lot. We're going to go into tour talk right away. We got Exhumed coming to town. Um, yeah, Exhumed. We got the Mesa Music Festival going to happen today, tomorrow, no matter. And a bunch of, um, what do you call that, local like holiday stuff like the lightings of the trees parades all that stuff is going to be happening in our town and pretty much all over the state it's pretty cool to know that stuff like that still goes down we got hell yeah coming to town in december 19th at the van buren fair warning if you are going to the van buren remember that the security there fucking sucks and those motherfuckers is straight up assholes about everything don't say i didn't warn you we got the Arizona Hip Hop Festival happening on Saturday and Sunday at the Press Room in Phoenix. A lot of local talent. I suggest you go. And the Press Room's a pretty badass venue. So, hey, why not, right? <clears throat> we got some movie nights here and there. We got Silver Sun Pickups. Silver Sun Pickups, I'm sorry. A tribute to the Temptations of the Fort Top Machine Head, Sky Parade, Gunja White Knight. Black Friday Punk Rock Super Show at the Yucca Tap Room. That will be on November 29th at the Yucca Tap Room in Tempe, Arizona. I'm not a big punk guy, but let's see what they got. Free show, so you can't go wrong. Night Nurses in the 602s. I've heard of them, actually. Corky's Leather Jacket. El Googly Diablo. 
and a couple of other shit. No cover charge, no bullshit. Just go have a good fucking time. I might go actually myself. We Steal Copper is going to be there. I seen them open up for a body count once. And they're not bad. They do a lot of uh, classic shit. So if you're into that kind of punk shit, then go for it. Me personally, I might go just for just to go really I'm not against the idea of being at a punk rock show although anybody who knows me knows I'm a, I'm a you know I'm a death metal guy anyways so uh, I wanted to talk about a couple of things one <coughs> excuse me well, I just give me some liquid nourishment one thing I wanted to talk about was how I've been watching some black exploitation movies, and you know I, I think I've explained this before, but most black exploitation movies are like these like pimp drug dealers slash gangster shit, and even some western shit happening here and there. You know they're pretty good. Uh, always have strong black leads in terms of male and female, but for some reason they always make the homosexuals look very one-dimensional and um straight up they make these motherfuckers look like they uh they're um they just make them over the fucking top man they just they really like add the gaga as they say you know what i mean they're just straight up hyperactive they talk in a voice that would rival any gay stereotype that you've heard from the 70s and they wear flamboyant as shit clothing, you know what I mean? Bright pink pastel fucking baby blue tights and a uh, bandana that, you know, short of saying some shit like I like penis on it. You know what I mean? It's just very over the top. And it, it's not bad, but it's pretty funny. So I've been watching Dolomite. <laughs> And uh, Dolomite is filled with a bunch of, like, filming errors. I mean, it's already the kung fu is already bad enough. I mean, or lack thereof. The girls in the movie seem like they're trained, but Dolomite just seems like he learned a few, like, strikes by watching them. And every fight results in them fucking getting, like... Even if the guys have guns, they might shoot off about 15, 16 rounds. The Dolomite still manages to uh, dodge every bullet and uh, knock them out with his bare hands by tapping them very softly on the back of the head. Uh, recently, I was watching the Human Tornado, and I just noticed that Ernie Hudson was on the movie. Ernie Hudson would later be known for a bunch of shit. Including the fucking incredible series known as Oz. He played the warden in that one. Uh, there's also a uh, groundbreaking uh, character in this movie named Java. Java is a beautiful woman. Very fucking beautiful woman. It turns out that she was one of the first um, uh, trans women that went full on uh, mainstream. And she's celebrated to this day amongst, you know, pride and everything. And she is fucking fine. I don't care if she has a penis. I'm no stranger to danger. You know what I'm saying? Well, I'm not saying she's dangerous, but I'm just saying if she she looked like that still, 
I would love to be her man. Now, granted, yeah, now she's like 76 years old, and, you know, nothing against her at all, but, you know, she's been, su- she's been, uh, suffering from, uh, she's been trying to recover from a stroke that she had in the 80s, and it left her debilitated, but she still celebrated, and, like, some, you know, pride parades and whatnot, they still honor her, and as well as they should, you know, but she is a beautiful motherfucker, and, uh, if you ever get a chance to watch The Human Tornado, the human tornado bit shit that will have you laughing because it's so goofy but at the same time you know for that over-the-top gay character we have in the beginning of the film java is a strong beautiful woman that's just straight up like i'm sorry for the stammer it's just i was trying to fight back a cough <laughs> java just straight up fucking owns this shit and java's um karate if you will is more way more realistic than everybody else's i remember towards the end there's a scene when the the woman uh i think hurricane annie beats up that one charlie or whatever the hell his name is uh girlfriend he beats her up no she beats her up and the the punches are horrifically tele you know it's like oh god you you can see her punching air and you see the woman reacting like a mile away that's how bad we're talking about you know what i'm saying but dig these movies are straight up some fucking crazy shit and with that i'm just like wow where the fuck do they go from here (laughs) also there's a character in the movie that's uh called mama oh man i mean the, the uh, excuse me you know you thought that the um texas chainsaw massacre makeup was a bit over the top with the whole skin face uh skin mask and all that shit i mean th- yeah that's bad but this this mama character is like she puts uh <laughs> she puts um that was her name uh no gunner hansen she puts Gunnar Hansen's character to shame in terms of fear because this motherfucker is a is a it's a it's an old woman with a mouth that doesn't move and she just goes on goes on and on and on and on and um, tortures these women while they're like you know tied up and shit and then they're like you know she likes to torture these young girls and it's fucking horrifying. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of shit I can handle. But this motherfucker is like really fucking creepy, and I kind of I, I got weirded out watching it. Um, let's see what other ones I seen. Uh, it's not really a black exploitation movie, but I seen. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I seen uh, Bones, which is the one I'm gonna review tonight. So, uh, even though it's not a black exploitation movie, it actually has elements of black exploitation in it. And that's pretty much all I need. Uh, other ones I've seen, obviously, Dolomite, The Human Tornado, The Mac, um, Boss, and a couple of other movies. You know what I mean? It's, it's really it's really funny shit. It's bad, but it's funny. Well, not always bad, but like you know, most of it is. Another movie I was going to watch is a movie called Bronson. And the reason why I wanted to watch it because I thought it was based off of Charles Bronson, but it's not. And uh, that's immediately a sign for me to not watch a fucking movie because I am not going to waste no time 
on anything that doesn't involve Charles Bronson. Especially when it's implied that he's part of the, uh, you know what I mean, title. But that's just me being an overdramatic fan. So after this, after these two movies that I said I was watching, the first two Dolomite movies, I'm going to watch Petey Wheatstraw. And um, then I'm going to rewatch Disco Godfather, which is something I've seen about 10, no, not even, about eight years ago, maybe. Anyway, it was fucking horrible, and I'm pretty sure it's still very fucking horrible. Along with this, they have a, um, <clears throat> I have a um, Legend of Dolomite, bigger and badder documentary, and that should be pretty cool. Shrooms, I actually watched Shrooms, it's not a black exploitation movie, but I actually seen this movie, and it really is kind of, eh, hallucinogenics, uh, don't eat the black mushroom, or don't eat the white mushroom, or some bullshit, because if you do, you will fucking, you will die, you will hallucinate so strong that you won't even know what the hell you're doing, and that's pretty damn funny to me, uh, Fourth and Loud, I'm looking at it right now, which was the horrific, Los Angeles KISS team for the Arena Football League ran by some of the most whiny pussies I've ever seen on TV I mean seriously these guys that the owner and the coaches and all those other motherfuckers in between yeah those motherfuckers were very unprofessional and it made every owner I'm pretty sure every owner in the actual big leagues is a big bitch anyway but still this painted a horrific picture of them and now I want to move on to something real quick. Um, I've been doing some, uh, see, I'm a, in a sense, I'm a comedian. You know what I mean? I, I consider myself a comedian. I've been doing it for shit since I was born, basically. <laughs> but um, I want to talk about something that, you know, that I did uh, leading into this episode. And one thing that I did was uh, watch, watch and uh, read and then, you know, listen to and all that crap. I did a little bit of research on, uh, well, a lot of research on one of the guys that's a major influence on my style. And that is uh, Lenny Bruce. Now, a lot of people can tell that I am pretty heavily influenced by Bruce. I mean, with my little, my weird aneurysms and... Um, you know, it was about fucking 15 years ago when I first heard his act. And I uh, that's when I picked up saying dig. <laughs> you know, and <laughs> anybody that's heard, ever heard me talk or anything like that, they know I say dig, you know, with some frequency. Uh, uh, then again, you know, uh, along with motherfuckers, because I say motherfucker a lot. So, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's cool, though. I mean, because I was doing some research and... Um, you know, with a lot of shit that went down and all that crap, and I realized that um, <clears throat> he went through a lot leading to his death, and uh, I remember it was somewhat of a mystery as to how he had died, because it was an overdose, but see, I first, when I first heard about him dying, I was watching, uh, I watched the Dustin Hoffman movie. And I remember it's the movie is kind of like split into like, like 
him in the clubs and doing all that stuff and interviews that's pretty much the majority of the film it's like they're all talking through an interview uh especially like his ex his ex-wife honey and all them and his mom and everyone else excuse me and i remember like at the end when they questioned the lady who played his mom she goes i don't know what lenny was thinking i mean honestly who told him to try to lose weight which is actually pretty funny because the scene before this she's the one that actually tells him like because he's living in the house by himself and she takes off and she's like okay lenny we'll see you sometime and try to do something about that weight and he goes i will my i will and then the next thing you see is um um fucking um yeah she, you you see lenny laying there naked with the fucking a syringe in his arm uh yeah and i remember they showed uh honey's last words about him and she said what more can i say about lenny he was fucking hilarious but dig though uh lenny i just i realized a long time ago but i'm just keeping people informed that you know lenny was straight up he was the reason why motherfuckers like me can say motherfuckers outside the house you know because without his you know fucking uh involvement in the shit and and putting himself and his act before anyone is what made him legendary and because of this he is still regarded as one of the great the greatest of all time and i was you know i was looking at some of his um his (coughs) his like his his catalog you know like the the albums that he had made like he had recorded you know these live performances that he did way back in the motherfucking day you know what i mean when he was um prior to his conviction you know when he got you know like well you know his whole obscenity trial you know he died at fucking 40 years old he died in 66 and i remember like now that i'm older and i hear it I noticed that he he pretty much paved more than just half the way. You know what I mean? It's not like he's... I don't, know, I don't even know how to put it. It's not like he's uh, he's just saying, fuck, cunt, fuck, 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 cunt, fuck, fuck. You know what I mean? That's not what he's doing. He's straight up... Like, one of the big... you know, And, and I love... I love, you know, going back and... Hearing shit and, and, and learning shit you know what i mean and i remember them saying that there was back way back then like in the 50s and shit because of the the vulgarity it wasn't so much the fuck 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 cunt fuck 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 cunt cocksucker come shit you know what i mean it was that he was attacking religion in an ugly 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 way and you know fucking simpler times simpler folks you know what i'm saying but See, now that I'm older, I don't realize it. But when I attack religion myself, I realize that now it is almost what I'm doing. is pretty much a watered down version of what he was doing. And I didn't even notice it before. I'm not saying I'm ripping him off. I mean, I give the man full tribute to to anything that I've done. You know, like the fact that I can swear 
and do my my bits because I can do this I feel happy about it you know what I mean because if it wasn't for him I can't say motherfucker you know what I mean but I remember seeing like the uh like the fucking uh the album covers and some of them said like if you buy this you can uh, you can be arrested for this shit because if you do buy this shit you're 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 liable to be charged with obscenity and and you really gotta take that with some fucking uh, you know you really gotta take that you know you can't take that with a grain of salt you know what I mean this was some fucking heavy shit I mean granted yeah not a lot of people will find the humor in it you know and and he wasn't just talking like anti-religion he wasn't just talking motherfucking sex and fuck 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 and all that shit he was also talking gore which was weird to me that would that like he talked some crazy ass gore that I have never I mean I talk gore too like I said he he's a major fucking influence and and I dig, you know, I do dig a lot of the shit he's saying. It's weird though. Like it's like, I mean, I'm not gonna say he's everyone's influence, you know, but I will say this: you could see a little bit of Lenny in all of us. Anyone who's attempting to do comedy, all us motherfuckers, all of us motherfuckers have some kind of influence, even if we're just talking about sex or fucking violence. Because that's the shit that we do. You know what I mean? And, and he did it all. I remember hearing one of his bits about a, a mom fucking getting killed in front of her son. And the son's just really like, yeah, well, I don't know. Maybe she deserved it. What the fuck do I know? You know what I mean? She got a bullet in the head? Oh, wow. Let's just say that the guy who hit her, he knew how to aim, Jack. <laughs> But like I said, a lot of motherfuckers won't be finding the humor in it now, but it's crazy. He paved the the fucking way. And then it got further more with like Carlin. That Carlin is my fucking, the one, he is my favorite comedian of all time. To me, he is bigger than anyone. Him, you know, I like all the classics, you know what I'm saying? I like him, Bruce, Pryor. And then, like, a little bit more modernized, you know, like Dave Chappelle and Chris Rock and all them guys. They were, they always been a lot. And they, they, they're, uh, they're a major influence on me. But see, like, even lesser known guys, like, um, the hell's his name? Jay Hickman. Yeah, Jay Hickman. Uh, guys like him, they, they, they really, cause Hickman, was a freaking a dirty comedian back in the the eighties and nineties, prior to his death. But I remember like hearing him and hearing all the obscenity in his act, and knowing that he was um, recording this shit in the in a strip club of all places. Well, that's some good shit, you know what I mean. And the thing is, um. Let's just say that the Duke of Dirt lives peacefully. Well, he's gone now. I mean, he passed away back in 93, I believe, because, yeah. Yeah, he died in 93, but he was an opening act for a bunch of people, you know what I mean? 
He died of liver disease at the age of 37. Wow, that sucks. But yeah, may the Duke of Dirt rest. Um, Dave Chappelle, of course, he always kept it real. He's always been an influence on me. Uh, another lesser-known comedian was Robert Schimmel. And Robert Schimmel really... That... The fact that he was he wasn't born here, but he did a lot of you know like stuff out here and shit, really made it like made me hear him a lot back in the day. And again, you know, I love hearing his stuff. And he, he's all he's probably another big ass. He is a big ass influence on me. Dave Attell is another one. See these motherfuckers. Without them, I wouldn't be doing what I do. Even though I'm not a good fucking comic, I do think that I. You know, I I got I think I got the gift. You know, and the gift is I can make people laugh. Even if I don't try, I can make people laugh. The problem is I got the curse of the comedian because even when I don't want to be funny, even when I'm trying to be serious, people still laugh. Well much like that bastard Sinatra said. Send in the clowns because that's all I am. I'm here to make you laugh. I'm here to make you smile. Like I said, you know, even when I'm trying to be serious, motherfuckers don't want to be hearing me. They'll they'd rather laugh at me, and I guess that's what I. I mean, I guess you get what you ask for. But big, that's just the way it is. And well, you know. Like I said, <clears throat> what I'm gonna be reviewing tonight is the uh, the movie Bones, starring Snoop Dogg, Pam Grier, and Clifton Powell, and a bunch of teenage nobodies who I've never seen since then. Which is kind of sad because the chick who played Pam Grier's daughter is fucking beautiful. But dig, now this movie is pretty bad. Not like, not because Snoop Dogg or whatever. Or Pam Greer, or hell, even uh, Clifton Powell, aka Pinky, or whatever the millions of roles you've seen him in. <laughs> the reason why it's bad is because it centers around these teenage idiots that can't act worth a shit, and uh, God, all their—they're more whiny than they are anything else. And so the plot goes like this. We get introduced to Jimmy Bones, who is a play who is played by Snoop Dogg. Bones gets killed by his own people, apparently. Well, we find out in the end, yes, he was killed by his own people, but um, by involuntary, involuntary circumstances, they buy this building. Oh well, no, okay, so. We see the teenage assholes, and they buy this one building, and they're all like, "Oh, we're gonna turn this into our uh, our nightclub of sorts." We got three guys and one girl, and they're all DJs and hip hop enthusiasts and artists and whatnot. And yeah, um, well, to be honest, uh, that's pretty much all that they focus on is how they're hungry or they want to get stoned. Or they want to just be general nuisances to each other and the community around them. 
Uh, yeah, pretty much. Oh, I forgot. Uh, also, in the beginning, there's these two stereotypical white uh, frat boys who are trying to buy drugs in the hood. Upon doing so, they actually encountered a demon dog, which is actually Snoop Dogg, as a uh, as a. Uh, I don't. I, I'm not good with dogs, but it's a black dog with red eyes, and he eats humans apparently. Uh, yeah, they get eaten by Snoop Dogg as a dog, pretty much. <laughs> After this, we get a. Uh, just a bunch of back and forth. Oh, we meet a crooked cop who's actually been on the force for over 30, 20, 30, 40 years. He's still linked up with uh, Pinky's character. I mean, Clifton Powell's character, who I don't remember what he's, what his name is. <laughs> but yeah, that guy, they still talk to each other and they still say about, you know, remember the deal we made and all that crap. There's also a different. There, I forgot to mention. There's also another player in the in the game, and uh, he's he's a drug dealer who sends uh, his mules out into the community. So anyway, yeah, he's really not important. He has a white girlfriend. He treats her like shit, and he fucks her throughout the movie. Then we got Pam Greer and her beautiful daughter. The little girl who plays her daughter is a very beautiful woman and Pam Greer is also fucking top notch I don't care what nobody says I still find her very fucking sexy but dig Pam Greer is kind of like this voodoo priestess type of deal you know what I'm saying she has all these like weird occult slash wiccan type of bullshit laying around her house and uh, she tells everybody don't stay away from that building because if you do you are opening a can of whoop ass that you cannot close you know what I'm saying? So the motherfuckers don't listen to her. They start tearing the house down. The dog keeps coming back. Those idiots feel that they need to fucking have the dog. You know what I'm saying? They feel the need to keep the dog. And when they do, the motherfucking dog starts eating everything in sight. Because they didn't know any better. And the, and Pam Greer's character is all like, Hey, I told you motherfuckers, don't be feeding the dog. But the motherfuckers don't listen. You know what I'm saying? So this goes on as you know all this crap is happening. As all this crap is happening, we start to like you know notice things here and there, and the story starts to unravel a lot. And a good chunk of the story has like you know we see that Snoop Dogg is not really much of a pimp or a player as as he is more a uh, a positive role model in his in the community that they're living in. You know what I mean? He's not like. It's not like he's um, out here, goddamn, uh, uh, you know, fucking having sex with, you know, prostitutes and nailing, you know, any motherfucking asshole who double crosses him or he's out putting hits and shit. He's just trying to better the community. Turns out that Pinky's character, I mean, Clifton Powell's character, is trying to do some crooked bullshit. When they're doing this crooked bullshit, turns out that. They wind up. They want to bring drugs into the community. And Snoop Dogg being the badass that he is, it's like fuck nah. Y'all niggas can do whatever the fuck you want, but you ain't gonna bring that shit in my neighborhood, motherfucker. Go ahead and bring it. So they force him to fucking smoke this shit, uh, and in turn, during his hallucinogenic experience, uh, the crooked cop 
shoots Bones, Snoop Dogg character, shoots him, and each person that paid witness, including Pam Grier's character, had to uh, take the knife and stab him. And uh, Pam Grier, who's the only hesitant character in terms of cutting him, uh, Snoop Dogg actually pulls himself towards her. So it looks like he it basically it's his way of saying, I know this ain't your fault, baby. So now these motherfuckers got their um their their nightclub going and they're playing like some of the worst trip hop music that I ever heard in my goddamn life. But they're over here like, yeah, we the kings, we the shit and shit, you know what I'm saying? And these motherfuckers are straight up like, oh yeah, well, blah, blah, blah. Watch me mix. Watch me mix on the pre-recorded tape. You know what I mean? But motherfuckers are straight up. One motherfucker, the stoner motherfucker, he sees this beautiful woman who's barely dressed. He starts following her ass, as any man would. I mean, she's doing the fucking finger curl towards you, telling you, come here and come and get it, motherfucker. You know, you know, you know you're going to be the motherfucker that's going to be taking that shit. You know what I'm saying? So when they get together, him and this barely dressed woman, he's all like, hey, baby, you want to hit off of this shit? And then she's like, come closer. <laughs> They're in the private room now. And all of a sudden, bam, the motherfucker gets killed. My Snoop Dogg. Now, at this point, this part really fucking bothers me. You know what I'm saying? Because I have a few major phobias. And that is... Let's see. <clears throat> Number three would be... I don't know. Oh. Rats. Number two... Actually, no. I have three major phobias and none of them... Well, there's one above two of them. Okay, so I'll say the one that's above the two, and that would be balloons. Balloons scare the fuck out of me. Don't ever bring a balloon next to me because I will. I don't know how I'll react. So for your own safety, don't ever have a fucking balloon next to me because I will. I don't know how I'll react. I don't know if I'll cry or I'll go rage mode or I'll freaking crack your head open or something. Don't do it, please. For the love of your own fuck, don't do it. Now, the two that are tied are vermin-esque motherfuckers and those two motherfuckers are maggots and rats so what does this movie do the club starts oh god okay I'm gonna try to say this without retching one two three the club starts raining maggots and then it gets all over the place and we so it starts raining maggots and then when 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 everybody starts running away because the maggots are everywhere we then see jimmy bones reincarnated we see snoop dogg come back to life from the dead and uh now that he's back from the dead he's wearing the same suit he was buried in although now he doesn't have the perm now the perm grew so now he has hair to about his uh, <clears throat> to about his mid back and he's wearing a black tuxedo with a red tie with a black hat with the red you know the tr- banner or trim whatever that thing goes around these badass hats he has his hair down and a badass beard and honestly the era that this shit was made in it's like Snoop Dogg looks like a cross between Kane and The Undertaker when they were at their deadliest. 
that's what he does he blows up the house pam Greer goes crazy oh and i forgot to mention she's connecting to the spirit world if you will and in the spirit world everybody's like bubblegum no seriously people are covered in bubblegum black bubblegum pink bubblegum purple bubblegum this this is where the damned go in this realm of bubblegum so with this shit (coughs) excuse me with this shit happening all the bubblegum everywhere we see Snoop take revenge on the motherfuckers that killed him starting with um, I forgot his name I think his name was Shotgun Shotgun was actually his bodyguard and he yeah he 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 fucking kills this asshole he kills two of uh, the rival dealers as goons and then when he finds the rival dealer the rival dealer is still talking mad shit about him He's all like, Jimmy Bones, that ain't you, motherfucker. I don't give a fuck who the fuck you think you is, motherfucker. You you dead. Fuck you. And then Snoop Dogg cuts his head off. <laughs> and the funniest thing is, they go and find the crooked cop. Same ugh, set of circumstances. Snoop Dogg is holding this fucking, the dealer's head. And the, the head is keep, just keeps talking. The head is the reason why he found directions on where to find this motherfucker. And when he, they find him, same di- same deal. Snoop Dogg cuts his head off. Bones, I'm sorry. Bones cuts his head off. <laughs> Bones cuts his head off. And then they keep him. He keeps him until they get to uh, Clifton Powell's character. And then when they get him there, he, um, he pretty much throws him into this, like, this like straight like he throws him in that pit of bubblegum and when he throws him in there goddamn um um fucking uh when he throws him in there the 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 spirit people start eating them his son tries to save him but in turn he'd rather save the girl than he then he would rather save his uh his own father in turn we see pam greer who was the last person that Jimmy Bones has on his mind, and we're like, oh, he's gonna fucking kill her, because we, you know, turns out he doesn't want to kill her ass, he actually <clears throat> takes her back to the way she looked in the old days, the 70s, when she had her afro and all that shit, and we're, you know, and he's all like, you and me can be together forever now, baby, and then it's revealed the reason why this shit is like this is because, um, fucking, uh, the reason why Jimmy Bones is still alive it's not necessarily because of some voodoo curses because his blood is still in the building and the blood happened to be on Pam Greer's green dress. And because of this, she burns her own dress and Snoop Dogg whizzes away. And now they live happily ever after. Uh, Pinky's son and Pam Greer's daughter. However, it seems though that Pinky's daughter, I mean, uh, Snoop Dogg's daughter, is now possessed with bones. Dig though. <clears throat> now this movie would have been a lot better. Oh, by the way, the the, the the rating that it gets, it gets a, uh, it gets the boring rating. Uh, but the reason why I say this is because first off, it takes way too fucking long for bones to come from the dead. You know what I mean? I was expecting some straight up boogeyman shit where he just came back from the dead from the beginning and started killing every motherfucker. Turns out it's just kind of like it plays sort of like a black exploitation movie, but it's not a black exploitation movie. It's just kind of a, a fucking movie. It's a 
<laughs> B movie at best. Uh, pro- problem I had with it was that, you know, like I said, the segments with Jimmy were too fucking short. You know what I mean? If he had done anything different, like, say, be resurrected from the beginning, then maybe I would have liked it. But it, that's not the case. You know what I'm saying? I kind of didn't like it for many fucking reasons, but this is a major fucking reason. But I will say the second major fucking reason that I hate this motherfucker is because they, like I said, I think if they would have given him uh, Snoop Dogg, if they would have given him more creative control over this character, we would have had something much more intense than what we had gotten. But we'll never know now. <clears throat> you know what I mean? I don't know if this movie has reached cult status, but I really, really, really fucking doubt that it has. People don't like it that much. I mean, you don't hear about it. You see people bootlegging it everywhere on YouTube and any other fucking channel you can get on. You know what I mean? It's um, it's just um, just a matter of preference. Uh, I would have liked the, the the soundtrack is well, you know. It's mostly Snoop Dogg, gangster rap shit like that. A couple of oldies, but I was expecting more oldies to be honest. I was except I was expecting some Al Green at least. Uh, at the most, you know, like some goddamn, you know, like some Teddy P or some Barry White, fucking Willie Hutch, Funkadelic. Come on, man, you guys could have done a hell of a lot better with the soundtrack. But that's just me. I'm a bitter motherfucker like that. But anyway, this movie gets the official Kane is Dead rating of boring. Because it could have been a hell of a lot better. Not necessarily bad. But, you know, because in order to be bad on the Kane is Dead scale, you got to achieve sucks status. And when you get sucks status, you know, we're talking levels beyond the room. That's how bad a movie has to be in order to earn a suck status. So, let's see if Snoop Dogg makes any better horror movies. I know he made Hood of Horror, but he really wasn't a main part of the movie. Although, being a narrator was just badass enough anyways. And, um, yeah. There's my review for the week. I'd like to take this time to remind everyone that um, anyone who listens to my show on Spotify, you will never hear the music that I put into this. So, therefore, before the Bones interview, I mean, the Bones review, I had put in the uh, Snoop Dogg song, uh, Pump Up, and uh, you'll pro- you won't hear it unless you come to the Anchor FM link. And really, what I'm trying to do is get this bootleg radio feel to this show as opposed to um, trying to sound like everybody else like I don't bring politics to the shit I don't bring um, social issues to the shit you know what I mean I'm just doing my thing I mean Kane is dead I mean what what can I got a lot to say for a dead man and another thing I like to say not bad for a dead man either you know what I mean? Like, not a lot of motherfuckers listen to this shit. Nobody listens to this shit. I'm lucky if I get, like, one, two fucking v- uh, uh, plays di- per episode. Apart from my Halloween episode, which did pretty well. And in fact, my Halloween episode made up a good chunk of my, um, you know, my uh, my uh, 
thing. <laughs> my my analytics, if you will. But uh, they, if you're listening to this shit on Spotify, I just played a song by Exhumed, and you're not gonna hear it unless you go to my anchor page. Now, don't think I make money off of this shit because I don't. This is just me having fun. Okay, that's just what it comes down to. But you know, apart from that, I just want to say that I'm not gonna be reviewing an album this week, well this episode, because <laughs> I haven't really been listening to a lot of music lately, and I know people get pretty fucking bored of hearing me, you know, re- review albums that I already had done. Because motherfuckers is straight up, you know, bitchy like that, you know. But that's the way motherfuckers are, you know what I mean? So instead, I'm gonna hit you guys with a story time. Uh, it's gonna be a potpourri type of story time, but I'm gonna start it off with something that's near and dear to my heart. Although, as of late, we have uh, strayed from each other. And the thing that I want to be talking about is uh, wrestling, professional wrestling. Now, I just want to talk. I don't really <coughs> spend too much time on this because it's just um, <clears throat> right now. It's just me talking ill of wrestling as opposed to talking good of it but you know I will talk good of it for the beginning and towards the end I'm going to be getting very fucking negative but what do you expect from a dead man you know what I mean there's no life there's no positivity there but dig though fucking I'm I've, I've been subscribed to the WWE network for a while now and the best thing about it is watching pay-per-views and like raw and smackdown tapings from back in when i started watching wrestling even before that like wcw shit it's always fun to watch the shit all over again (laughs) see what intrigued me then so i remember like I started watching WCW back in 1997. The first episode I ever watched was the Christmas Eve or the Christmas Day taping of <coughs> uh, Monday Night Night Monday Nitro. WCW. This was the debut, the, the full-on debut of uh, the NWO. And I remember it started off with Bischoff coming out, and he's all like, "I love you too." And I'm going to introduce you to the coolest set of guys I know. Ladies and gentlemen, let's hear it for the NWO. Come on out, guys. And then they start playing the NWO music. And there's like 50 fucking thousand members of the fucking thing. Which is, oh my God. It's just remembering all that shit. And then I watched WCW from then to about... December of 98 when I lost a lot of interest in it at that point I lost a lot of interest in wrestling in general so I started watching WWF the World Wrestling Federation and um, I remember watching it and I remember saying to myself these guys have better characters they have better wrestling they have better storyline all that shit you know what I'm saying and turns out I picked the right team and it's funny because you get very nostalgic over it and, and there's little shit you see say paper, uh, the Royal Rumble 1999 <coughs> you know what I mean Royal Rumble 99 it's like every wrestler got a pop even if nobody liked them everybody got popped 
You know what I mean? A pop is in Mark terms. It's a, it's the, everyone cheers because they know what you're about. So I remember, um, watching this shit. Now I'm rewatching this shit and everyone gets a pop. Even like, even Gilbert got a fucking pop. And, uh, I mean, even like, you got to understand that like people were way more passionate fans back then. Mark says they like to refer to him. Everyone was a everyone was a more um, profound Mark, if you will, towards the the craft, the professional wrestling. And everyone, if they loved you, they flipped you off. If they loved you, they cheered you. If not, they flipped you off. They threw shit at you. They did all that shit. Of course, that could be also a. a, a nod to the ECW uh, shit, but you know that's just yeah, let's just focus on the WWF at the moment. I remember, like, the fans during that Royal Rumble. Whenever people would get eliminated, the fans were trying to reach out and try to like grab or or high five and you know like fist bump anything like that with the wrestlers involved. You know. It was it was it was it was a wild time. You know what I mean? Even when Blue Meanie got eliminated, the fucking fans in the front there were all of them were wearing fucking DX shirts. All of them were like, "Yeah, come on, man, come on, man, yeah, fucking, you're putting on the hell of a fucking show." And then, like, certain like you know, because certain wrestlers have like groovy, groovy, groovy um, beats to their theme songs. Specifically, like mankind and stuff like that. Not mankind. I'm sorry, uh, Gangrel. And when Gangrel's beat drops, you see the idiots in the front row. They're all rocking back and forth to that. You know what I'm saying? It's just funny. The motherfuckers was that passionate about the shit. Motherfuckers were even more passionate. Like you could see that the fucking arena was sold out. You know what I'm saying? You could see that this fucking arena was sold the fuck out. And and when they did that part, when they put Stone Cold Steve Austin in the stretcher, you see motherfuckers standing outside of the building. They knew they had no fucking seat there. You knew that they had no seats, but they were outside waiting, fucking watching. Now, that dedication, I don't know what the fuck is, man. Marks today are just... Marks today are worse than ever. Because back then, if Stone Cold would have... After Stone Cold got hit with a car, when he came back afterwards, we went nuts, sure. But nowadays, the Marks are going crazy about seeing stupid motherfuckers like AJ... That was his name? AJ, AJ Styles and Bobby Roode and 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 uh all them motherfuckers who are just basically just TNA rejects you know what i mean like i don't know how the hell people can get behind Bobby Roode being a rookie i know it's late now but Bobby Roode being a fucking rookie when he's been wrestling since 2001 and all of a sudden he hits the big league and everybody's saying he's so glorious you know what i mean it's fucking stupid and then now more recently my brother cuz i'm not really hip to the shit you know what i'm saying but recently my brother showed me a clip of um, 
CM Punk coming back to the WWF, WWE, and all these stupid Mark motherfuckers is going nuts on Twitter and everything else that's involved, which is really fucking stupid if you ask me. You know what I mean? The motherfucker rejected. He shit on the fans. He assaulted some fans. He assaulted some fans, and he yells and talks shit to everybody involved. You know what I mean? He shits all over everybody. He shits on the company. He wants to be an MMA wannabe. You know what I'm saying? Yet, these fucking idiot marks nowadays, they go nuts for him still. It's ridiculous. I hate him. I hate Brock Lesnar. And it's funny because, like, this whole merge now, all of a sudden, UFC is merging with the WWE after Dana White just straight up said that this bullshit was fucking fake. And that, you know, his comment about, well, of course you would only pay $10 for the fake shit. Fuck you, nigga, because you ain't shit anyways. You know what I mean? Your sport ain't dick. If it wasn't for Nick and Nate, D or Nate Diaz in general, you wouldn't have a fucking program. What are you gonna do? Suck Conor McGregor's dick a little bit longer, motherfucker? Fuck off, nigga. But Diggs, though, that's just the way wrestling is, you know. Wrestling is and wrestling was. Wrestling was great. Fuck, man. Back in the day, motherfuckers was holding up signs that said some really stupid shit like Xbox One, Xbox One, Two, Three. Sable was old. Of course, the infamous Foley is God. You know what I mean? Um, I remember one time somebody was holding up a sign that said, um, uh, the rock is the corporate bitch, <laughs> the corporation's bitch. You know what I mean? It was just shit like that back in the day that motherfuckers will never fucking know anymore because motherfuckers don't even hold signs anymore. And then they said that motherfuckers that was holding signs up back then were fucking plants. I believe that motherfuckers that are holding up signs now are more, are fucking legit plants. You know what I mean? <laughs> But that's just the way the shit is, you know what I mean? The, the business will never be the business like it used to be. And that's the sad part about it. You know what I mean? Like, Undertaker don't want to do it no more. Kane don't want to do it no more. And rightfully so, I mean, with age comes turmoil and then the beatings that they get that last more than what they did since they were fucking in their prime and shit. You know what I mean? It's just it's just crazy how, how much shit has changed. Now they're trying to legitimize it to make it seem like it's real, although you know it's just as bad as it was back then. Only difference now is that we don't have jerk offs like uh uh what that was his name? Uh Vince Russo uh writing these ridiculous storylines involving miscarriages and whatever the hell else that cocksucker put in the in the program. You know what I mean? That's another thing. Vince Russo. <laughs> I don't really have anything against him, but I hate the way he talks. Uh, when it comes to the fans, I hate the way he talks about them and to them. And here's the thing. See, I don't have fans, okay? But if I did, I'd be talking to you the way you hear me right now. Like, let's say some motherfucker sent me an email or sent me a voicemail and say, Hell, Kane, your show sucks. Why don't you fucking quit? And I'll straight up be like, Well, motherfucker... I won't quit because I don't want to, motherfucker. You know what I mean? I'm doing this for myself, not you. You know what I mean? But, you know, that's just me. Vince Russo get, Vince Russo's like, yeah, well, you know, I'm just doing my thing. I'm smoking my weed and doing all this shit. You know what I'm saying? But you know what I mean? It's just, you know, I'm just doing my thing here. You know what I mean? Then he gets an email. Say, hey, uh, um, 
Vince Russo, a fan would like to know, you wrote a storyline back in the day involving Terry Runnels and a miscarriage. And do you regret it? And and then his tone changes immediately. His his tone goes from, yeah, well, you know, this is the way we do things. This is the way the business is. That's the way he talks then. When it comes down to him having a fucking... Uh, having to answer a, a, a wrestling question uh a, yeah, a wrestling question his tone suddenly changes he goes from yeah well you know you know duh, 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 duh. from that he goes well you got to be really digging for some shit because you got to remember that the business went like this when I wanted to do that and then they didn't let me do this so I went and wrote that and you get the fucking point I mean if you don't want to be talking to the fans or if you don't want to be talking about the to the fans or any of that shit then just fucking don't mention <clears throat> that you have a background in, 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 in the creative team in wrestling it's that simple you don't want to be involved and you want to still talk to wrestling fans like they're a bunch of hillbillies then go ahead but you know what I mean don't be fucking doing it and then acting like your whole things are absolved just because you're a fucking uh, born again cocksucker you know what I mean you ain't shit motherfucker and I don't hate him you know what I mean I don't have no kind of hatred towards Russo I know a lot of people will hear this and be like this motherfucker's a mark this motherfucker probably thinks Russo's a fucking antichrist and he probably is I mean, I got, you know, but at the same time, like I said, I don't have anything against his ass. I mean, when I put him up on a pedestal, in a way, yeah, because the motherfucker, he actually wrote some decent fucking storylines, especially the ones involving the goddamn Rock and Stone Cold and Triple H and everybody else involved in the fucking scene. Even goddamn Vince McMahon back in the day, when Vince McMahon was an evil tyrant motherfucker that was just straight up killing people, legitimately fucking killing people on goddamn camera, doing anything he can in his power to get goddamn the um, Stone Cold Steve Austin to never ever ever even thinking about competing for the motherfucking WWF title see that kind of shit it's cool then he starts writing all these stupid motherfucking stories like the one he wrote about Mae Young giving birth to a hand or the time that fucking uh, you know like the Ryan Shamrock thing you know what I mean it's bullshit fucking bullshit like I said I don't hate him but at the same time, don't expect me to kiss his fucking ass if he ever comes into my neighborhood. And that's all I got to really say about Vince Russo. Well, thank you for listening to the program this week. I'm not going to be able to record an episode on Saturday due to scheduling and shit. But, you know, I figured, you know, I'll give you guys something. Because last week I didn't record the Wednesday episode, but this week I am. Although it is Thursday, but still, I'm uh, recording as we speak, and I'm willing to say that the uh, circumstances abound. I'm uh, I'm living with it, but hey, you know what? <laughs> Nobody listens to this shit anyway. So anyway, just wanted to say thank you to everybody who listens, all two or three of you. Uh, like I said before, I'll say it again, I'll say it a thousand times motherfuckers is not gonna be able to hear this show uncut you'll hear me uncensored no matter what you know what i mean this show i'm gonna be you know this show is full of motherfuckers and digs and whatnot you know what i'm saying 
So you're never gonna hear this motherfucking show at all be goddamn um that all it could be on Spotify or Stitcher or whatever hell or whatever the hell else you listen to this bullshit on. But I will say this. Um if you go to my anchor app, you will hear the show uncut. You will hear the songs that I featured on here. And like I said, tonight I played Snoop Dogg. I played uh, Exhumed. And I played Lorna Shore right before I started recording this. You know what I mean? Anchor.fm slash. You know what I mean? Kane is dead. That's all you got to remember. You know what I'm saying? Dig though. Thank you for everybody that listens to this bullshit. Because you know what? It takes... Honestly, tonight, I didn't even want to fucking record. You know what I mean? I'm so freaking tired. But at the same time, you know what? Even though I'm not getting paid for this shit, I got to remember one thing. You don't grind, you don't shine. You know what I mean? Still struggling, still shining. You know what I mean? That's what that's what the Kane is Dead program is all about. We struggle, but we still shine. We shine. We shine like diamonds. 17, in fact. But dig though If you don't catch me at a Juggalo show You're gonna be catching me at a fucking uh, Metal show And if you don't catch me at a metal show You're probably gonna catch me at some Luchador show I don't watch wrestling like I used to But I do love the Luchadors Because there's no storyline per se But there is Rudos and Technicos And that's all I motherfucking need You know what I mean I don't need no fucking I don't need no more Vince McMahons or any Stone Cold Steve Austins at this point anymore. Matter of fact, it's kind of funny because the man I hate the most, CM Punk, he is compared to being the new Stone Cold Steve Austin by most Mark standards. That's pretty fucking sad. But dig, though. They can try to do it, but they'll never, ever do it. That's why wrestling then versus wrestling now no contest but until next time this is the Kane is Dead program and this is your host Kane is Dead aka Kane aka Joey aka Joey CM aka Joey C Molina you know me from here you know me from there you know me from everywhere but dig thank you for listening and I am motherfucking out Oh, and one more thing before I go to anyone that doesn't like, you know, anything I said. I just got one message for you.